I'm only human after all And you're only human after all Don't put the blame on me Welcome to Ponder Exchange, a podcast about Christian faith and armed service hosted by me, Brother Logan Isaac. First Formation is spiritual exercise for high church lowlifes looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join us every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 6 O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are shaking with terror. My soul also is struck with terror, while you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, save my life. Deliver me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. And Sheol, who can give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. They grow weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. For the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and struck with terror. They shall turn back and in a moment be put to shame. Jeremiah chapter 38, verses 1 through 13. Now, Shephai, Shephatiah, son of Matan, Gedaliah, son of Pashur, Jukal, son of Shelemiah, and Pashur, son of Malachiah, heard the words that Jeremiah was saying to all the people. Thus says the Lord, those who stay in the city shall die by the sword, by famine and by pestilence. But those who go out to the Chaldeans shall live. They shall have their lives as a prize of war and live. Thus says the Lord, the city shall surely be handed over to an army, to the army of the king of Babylon and be taken. Then the official said to the king, this man ought to be put to death because he is discouraging the soldiers who are left in the city and all the people by speaking such words to them. For this man is not seeking the welfare of this people, but their harm. King Zedekiah said, Here he is. He is in your hands, for the king is powerless against you. So they took Jeremiah and threw him into the cistern of Malchiah, the king's son, which was in the court of the guard, letting Jeremiah down by ropes. Now there was no water in the cistern, but only mud, and Jeremiah sank in the mud. Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, a eunuch in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah into the cistern. The king happened to be sitting at the Benjamin gate, so Ebed-Melech left the king's house and spoke to the king. My lord king, these men have acted wickedly in all they do to the prophet Jeremiah by throwing him into the cistern to die there of hunger, for there is no bread left in the city. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, Take three men with you from here, and pull the prophet Jeremiah up from the cistern before he dies. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him, and went to the house of the king to a wardrobe of the storehouse, and took from there old rags and worn-out clothes, which he let down to Jeremiah in the cistern by ropes. 
Then Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah, Just put the rags and clothes between your armpits and the ropes. Jeremiah did so. Then they drew Jeremiah up by the ropes and pulled him out of the cistern. And Jeremiah remained in the court of the guard. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 5 through 23. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go anywhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without, you received without payment, give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts. No bag for your journey, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy, and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. See, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of them, for they will hand you over to councils and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings because of me, as a testimony to them and the Gentiles. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated because you will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I tell you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Good morning and welcome to the fourth Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings uh, come to us the last time from Psalm 6, and then uh, Jeremiah 38 and Matthew 10. Um, And the Jeremiah reading and the Matthew reading are kind of following on yesterday's readings as we um, reflect back on the previous Sunday. Tomorrow we'll start um, foreshadowing the coming Sunday, but... Uh, that's why we have the same psalm, and the readings all seem to kind of be related. And it's this um, trying time. And Jeremiah, he is thrown into a well, uh, an empty well filled with mud. And he's rescued, um, but he doesn't know that. Uh, the story takes place away from him, so he doesn't know until this eunuch comes and tells him, here's some rags, put them under your armpits, we're going to drag you out by a rope. Um and then in Matthew, Jesus is sending out um, disciples in pairs and telling them 
um, what to do um, kind of sounds very um, Mormon missionary where you go out and you ask to stay at a house and um, I don't know why that makes me smile but it does um, the, uh, but it's he closes with or the passage closes with this grim reminder that they'll be tested and tried um, and uh, between these two readings, it got me thinking. Um, the uh, there's this line in Jeremiah, um, verse four: "This man ought to be put to death, because he is discouraging the soldiers who are left in the city, and all the people by speaking such words to them." Uh, and I was I I mentally paused when I read that, um, and I think it's worth talking about. Uh, snowflakes. Now, I don't identify as conservative, and I, I don't identify as progressive. But um, the the notion or the the idea of snowflakes or the uh, it works for some because snowflakes melt at room temperature. They're unique. Each one's unique, and that's great. And I, I think that's actually good. Um, but they melt at room temperature. They can't stand not just not heat you know, normal temperature. Um, and this passage made me think of it because, um, on the one hand, um, QPUHQ and, and my notion of what it means to be a Christian soldier and a grunt, um, has very much to do with suffering, with persevering. Um, I call it hardiness. Um, and it's the, it's the willingness and the ability to, take a punch and and get back up uh basically or take to or you know kind of even roll with the punches but to be to have a thick skin um and there's this the the passage from Jeremiah made me think of uh in our own society how I'm not even sure how to put this but the there's a certain anxiety around soldiers and veterans or or their sacrifice um and it's thought that um you know on the one hand um uh we somehow desecrate their lives by i don't know there's it seems like there's always this threat like it's called in academia the the um um god i can't remember blood blood sacrifice where the the dying itself is used to justify and protect essentially more dying. So like when in Iraq, well, let's not pull out because then what do we do with the memory of the people who've already died there? Like they've already died. And that doesn't change the fact that um, Iraq was entered into under um, false premises. Like two wrongs don't make a right. Um, but the um, the discouraging part in, in Jeremiah, these people are like using soldiers to try and make this case that this guy needs to go because he's discouraging them. God forbid that these poor, fragile soldiers um, are convinced or like disheartened by Jeremiah's um, prophesying. And they say that he doesn't have the welfare of the city at heart, and he actually does. He knows 
that they have a pact with God and that if they keep doing what they're doing without changing the status quo, then God's going to, something's going to happen. And he's been told by God that it's going to be captivity by the Babylonians. Um, and so it's this idea of fragility that, um, that, you know, we must protect, you know, soldiers or we must protect ourselves. And so we do, you know, dumb shit to, um, to like avoid suffering. Um, and so that's why, that, that isn't why, but, um, hardiness, uh, perseverance, forbearance, long suffering, whatever you want to call it. I think that's a hallmark of Christianity. Um, and also of being in the military. Um, there's this line in one of the more recent, um, Mission Impossible movies where somebody, somebody, you know, in the CIA or some kind of military branch says, well, but we could die. Or, you know, do you want people to die or something like that? And this woman, one of the other main characters says, that's the job. Um, and that I think is why I, I don't know, to get into my own head, I think that's why I get frustrated by this sense of we must protect or, or like we must, you know, treat our, our soldiers or anybody really so, well, no, especially soldiers, so carefully, um, A, because it ignores the fact that I think um, most soldiers have gone through boot camp and have pretty thick skin, but also like, yes, of course we might die, that's the job. Um, and I remember thinking that about, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan and um, the um, this sense that, well, I actually think it, it came into my mind more of like um, uh, using super, clearly superior firepower to, I don't know, get out of some kind of ambush or something, I don't know. Um, and, or like some kind of like sense of overkill or, or gung-ho kind of attitude um, to protect ourselves, which is fine, but to what extent are we going to protect ourselves? Um, what kind of things are we willing to do to protect our lives and lives of others um, when, in fact, we all know when we signed up that this job is dangerous? Um, I knew as soon as the towers fell, and to a certain extent I knew when I signed up before the towers fell, that that was... That was the job. That's the deal I was striking with the with the government. That they're going to give me money for college. They're going to give me, you know, salary and clothes and shelter. And the risk that I'm taking is that I might die. I might get seriously injured. Um, and so the the, the fragility, the the snowflake kind of mentality um, comes to mind, um, especially because of my eccentricities, but because of this reading where we see the prophet of God doing what God is asking, looking out for the, wealth, the long uh, kind of game of the welfare of the city um, and people you know, kind of tokenizing soldiers and, and pretending that they're fragile um, in order to get what they want um, in the short term. Um, and I, I think this is heightened by the reading in Matthew where um, you know, the mission of these disciples that he's sending out is is not 
on its face inherently dangerous. You're just going out and you're hanging out and maybe you're trying to convince people that Jesus is God, right? Just like Mormon missionaries to an extent. Um, but he follows it on very quickly by saying, I'm sending you out like sheep amidst wolves. So they may not, may not know this. Um, if, if this is, what, middle of Matthew, early Matthew, they may not have a sense that, uh, A, they're not Jews, so all of the apostles were Jewish, and depending on where Jesus is sending them, they're either going to encounter pushback from Jews who say, no, this guy is not the Son of God, or they're going to go off to the houses of Gentiles who are like, um, no, gods don't walk around like, like in human form. They like disguise themselves as animals and shit. They don't realize because there's no precedent for it or there's, a, there's little precedent for what we now know as martyrdom. But Jesus is really up front. This is going to be dangerous. This is the job. Um, you must be wise as serpents but innocent as, as doves. Beware of them because they'll hand you over to councils and um, they're going to uh, flog you and they're going to beat you. And he gives them some encouragement, you know, don't worry about what you'll say, blah, 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 blah. And he's, the again, with, um, I think it was last week, the, there's a psalm that was just deeply depressing. It talked about brother turning on brother and you won't have any family to, to rely upon. And Jesus here says it himself when he's talking about the mission of these disciples. Um, and so I, that... Um, Theologically, um, is where I also have some frustration around this fragility complex about snowflakes um, either being people assuming I'm a snowflake and I need to be like protected and, and coddled and blah blah blah, um, but also people uh, trying to or, or people being fragile, whether that's because of your race or your sex or whatever, like theologically as Christians we should know that this is the job. Um, and that's where I have a, have a little bit of respect for, um, say, conservatives who are really convinced about whatever and they go off and, you know, talk about what they believe publicly. It's not popular. And um, I have deep disagreements about what they believe frequently, but I do respect the fact that they're willing to risk um, public censure and usually not beatings. Yeah, I don't know of any conservatives that have been beaten up because of what they believe. Not to say it doesn't happen. Um, but there's there's this at least some sense, some acknowledgement that there's a risk and I'm going to take it. Um, and this risk is part and parcel tied up with my faith. Um, and for, I think, Progressives have that too in, in varying forms, whether that's going out and putting themselves in, in danger, walking alongside um, Black Lives Matters protesters, if they're not black themselves, I suppose. Um, but uh, the, the, the foundation of our faith from before Jesus was crucified um, is built on the idea that it will be unpopular and that people will not like us necessarily when we do what we are called to do, um, which is to preach the good news uh, for the poor, for the disenfranchised, 
for the lowly and lost, um, and uh, to go out and seek um, the sick who need redemption. You know, God didn't come for the healthy. Um, and when we we go to the sick, the healthy get upset and uh, maybe claim that all levels of health matter or something. Um, but I, 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 I hope that gives some context to why hardiness is so central, I think, uh, not just for the military, but also for the church, one of those intersecting points that I think that we could really do much more to have some conversations um, about what it means um, to be a Christian and what it means to be a Christian soldier or veteran, because there's uh, much more overlap than I think we we often think. Um, this is one of those passages or pairings of passages that I think really helps um, illustrate that that point. Prayer for Quiet Confidence from the Book of Common Prayer O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of your Spirit lift us, we pray, to your presence, where we may be still and know that you are God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.